0: LiftCentral.com
1: Yo, I put it like wow This that sound These don't work hard like me I hope they know by now Bam, bam my ground. so these money trees go overseas like Percy Town. I make sure you stay around. Quiet when I'm under loud. No nigga this allowed. Me positivity took a vow. I always play to win. Don't anticipate loss. Mind always in the clown, my boy. Never think about the drop. Never ever ever think about the drop.
2: I know what you're thinking. First Facebook, then WhatsApp. Not YouTube. Not my favorite podcast player. It's Tuesday, it's a little bit past 12. It's the MKT Show, but I'm not MKT. The whole internet is broken. Don't worry, it's not. MKT not with us today. Nobody's with me today. And like Michael Jordan, I took that personally. This is an MKT Show. My name is Paolo. if you've never met me before. Um, I'm holding down the fort for the rest of today. No Senzo, he's doing real life things, like a real guy learning about tax, because he wants better things for his life than spending the rest of it on the show. MKT is down at Devil's Door by the sea. He's going to be joining us a little bit later for the MKT Takeover Show. I want to call it the MKT State Capture Show. Um, we're coming up. we got a lot of European football because that's what I really know. But it's a good halfway point in the season to take a break and look at what's happening around European football because an anomaly happened this weekend, something really weird. We're going to be delving into that and trying to find out which Satanist has kidnapped MKT. More. After. None of these words from our sponsors.
0: Cliffcentral.com.
2: If you're listening to this, you're probably going, that's not MKT. That's what a real broadcaster sounds like. If you're watching this, you'll notice I'm not MKT. My name is Paulo, sometimes host and sometimes guest contributor on the MKT show. MKT not in studio with us today. No Senzo. We will be hearing from MKT a little bit later. I'm holding down the fort today. What I thought would be a good idea is to take a little run through European football, what's happening it's sort of like a nice point, five, six games into the season in most leagues, where a really strange thing happened this week. The unbeaten league leaders across Germany, Spain, Portugal, and Holland all lost, as well as France, all lost, probably the first time, I've not cared to look into this, do you think I'm going to worry about statistics? The first time it's happened, probably in the history of European football, all the big names, all the dominance of the Farmers' Leagues losing, what does that mean? What does it mean for European football? Are we breaking down? Is it the end? We'll find out. We'll get into that. Like I said, we'll find out MKT later. The team is in the back room with me. We've got James. James is going to be bringing us some social media stories. There he is. There's his thumb. I noticed he switched over to the right-hand side. Normally, he's giving us the left-hand side. The weird little... That's much better. That's much better. James seeming to have ligament damage in his thumb. And uh, we're starting a GoFundMe a GoFundMe to get ligaments for James. Hashtag ligaments for James thumbs. Um, and I feel that's a cause we can all get behind. It's like the Christmas wish list. Um, we'll be reading them out, and hopefully this Christmas we can give James ligaments. I, I, have a, I have a different name I want to give it. Go for it. Ligaments for change. Ligaments for change. And change for ligaments. Exactly. So do exactly. you have some spare change? For you know, How much can a ligament cost? There you go. You know, We're having this philosophical discussion the other day. Uh, about the NBA players. One of the NBA players came out and said, I don't want to have the COVID vaccine put inside my body because I don't know where the vaccine comes from. And the counter-argument was, well, this same player had a cadaver's ligament put in his knee so he could continue playing. What's the difference? Where's the discrepancy? You don't know where that that came from. Could have come from a pig. No one knows. James, would you take pig thumb ligaments? Uh... uh...
1: That's not a question I thought would come my way. Today. I'm not gonna lie. Pig thumb ligaments. Wait, but pigs don't well, have. I've thumb. lost. I've lost James. I've lost James on on
2: on comms. I can't hear him. But that's okay. I think I think we can take we can take it from James that he wouldn't mind pig thumb ligaments. Before we get into the football, I want to talk about something spurred on by Kylian Mbappe. MKT does this thing where he gives his opinion. I'm gonna give it right. Kylian Mbappe. yesterday. I want to read you the statement that comes out. So we all know. That Kylian Mbappe has always wanted to play for Real Madrid. Been his dream. Had posters of Zidane, Ronaldo, both Ronaldos on his walls growing up. And his only dream is to go to Real Madrid. And that's for most players. They will end up at Real Madrid, no matter the situation of the team. And we all know that late in the summer transfer window, Real Madrid popped in trying to take on Kylian Mbappe. Now, you may be cynical about this and go, well... Did Real Madrid really have the money? They've been pleading poverty for so long and suddenly they got world record fees to spend on players on the last day of the transfer window when they know it's probably going to be turned down. It seemed like the ultimate flex. No one had heard from Kylian Mbappe. He claims he couldn't be contacted with because he's in the south of France without his cell phone. Do me a favor. What 20-year-old do you know goes on an exotic holiday to south of France and leaves his cell phone behind? So Kylian Mbappe claims that he did. So we hear from Kylian Mbappe. Now he releases a statement. I want to read it to you because there's some really nuanced things that he says here. Some really triggering language, I've got to say. I asked to leave because from the moment where I did not want to extend, I wanted the club to receive a transfer fee so they could bring in a quality replacement. So he's altruistic here, Kylian Mbappe. He wants PSG to get poor, poor, paupers. PSG wants him to get some money so they can replace him. The club has given me a lot. I've always been happy during the four years I've had here, and I still am. But I said it early enough so that the club could react. I wanted everyone else to come out stronger. Kylian Mbappe trying to save the world. But personally, I did not really appreciate PSG saying he's asking me to leave in the last week of August because that is wrong. It made me feel like a thief. I informed them early at the end of July. So Mbappe seems a little bit agitated that PSG are trying to make him look like a bad guy by the timing of these statements. And if you know Real Madrid's dealings, they often do this. They often get players. This is the first move is to get the international players to tap up the teammate while they're on international duty. The next thing they do is get the player to speak out about his club. They've been doing since Luis Figo and since Dan moved there. This is a well-known tactic that they've used in the past. But I think there's something very different going on here about footballers feeling the need to release statements. And what I want to talk about is footballers' statements. <laughs> now, listen, let, let's be honest here, right? This uh, Kylian Mbappe statement is the zenith of footballer statements. But we all know, we're all in the game, we're all quite cynical about it, and I want to break some news to you. For every one footballer that runs his own social media account, there's probably 30 that have a team running it, at least a team, if not one one person. And when you read those footballer statements and their social media posts after games, it's not coming from a footballer. It's coming from a team of people Who've curated the statement from him? Now, it's fine in the beginning when you first start off and go, "Hey, Marcus Rashford posts a statement. He feels the way we feel." Mason Greenwood. We gather. We go again. We get stronger. These are platitudes. They don't mean anything in the beginning. They're fine because they make us feel that we're resonating with the player, that we're connecting with them. But now it just starts getting triggering. You know, I have a I have a daughter. She is growing up and she makes mistakes. And when she makes mistakes, after the dust has settled, she comes in, she apologizes. I say to her, don't apologize, change your behavior, right? The apology is fine, but anyone can apologize. Words are meaningless until you see some change in behavior. And that's this thing with footballers coming out after a game, barely 15 minutes after full time, and saying, oh, this is terrible. We feel as bad as you feel. We'll get up. We'll go again. Dear social media manager, is this fine to post? And then they post it. That stuff is becoming extremely triggering, and i talk about it from the point of view of a Manchester United fan who seems to have a social media policy based around this, around players' platitudes, players' meaningless statements. And it reaches a point in Bruno Fernandes, right? There's one thing losing a match and saying, we're sorry about it, we move on. I'd rather not you say anything. Bruno Fernandes is now apologizing, a 3,000-word essay about missing a penalty, something that can happen in the game. Who's he doing that for, Right. You're a professional footballer. You take risks. Sometimes you miss a penalty. Sometimes you're going to miss a chance. Are you going to apologize to the fan base every single time? And who are you pandering to? Because the real fans don't want your apology because it's unnecessary. People understand football understand that's inherent risk of the game. The opposition fans, all they're doing it is another thing to beat you with. Are you really doing it for the handful of trolls that want to see this sort of stuff? That will then use it as their own diatribe? What next, right? Are we going to start apologizing for misplaced passes, missed tackles, yellow cards, not being ready to, not having your shin pads ready when you're about to sub on? This is a dangerous, dangerous slope we're going around with footballers, and I don't want to see it. Who wants to see this from a footballer? If you really want to show me that things matter to you, hey, how about practicing your penalties? How about being ready to be subbed on? How about not speeding in London in your gold Lamborghini, okay? Okay. Don't say you're sorry for doing it. Just don't do it. Okay? We don't need to see it. And if you're catering for the 14-year-old stuck in FIFA where all of football is as easily resolved as playing a game of FIFA and restarting and rage-quitting when you're losing, what are you doing it for? Then run off with Fiorentina Perez and join his Super League because those are the sort of TikTok football that everyone wants to, wants to play in the new age. I'm an old man. I'm grumpy. I don't want to see it. I don't feel football is owed me an apology. They owe me a performance, okay? Stay off social media, more time on the training field. That's me. That's me doing my best MKT. I hope it worked for you. <laughs> so coming up after this, hopefully the guys have found MKT in Devil's Dorp by the sea. Now listen, where MKT is, I hear there's two career opportunities, surfing and Satanism, okay? I don't know which side he's been strung into, but I hope it's not surfing. We'll be talking about European football after this. Once again, no words from our sponsors.
0: CliffCentral.com.
2: No one showed up, and I took that personally. Senzo did make an appearance. But uh, that was put in my bed this morning, and the worst tribute to the Godfather ever. I wonder something about that horse. You may notice there's a little stick on his ear. I wonder if you squeeze that if he makes horse noises. I remember my daughter having a a, a horse like that. Senzo, do you make noises when you squeeze your ears? This is obviously the lowest point I've been in my life. I'm talking to a horse <laughs> on my big break. This is the MKT Show I am not MKT. My name is Paolo. Uh, you may see me sometimes on the show, Tuesdays, Fridays. Usually I'm very angry about Manchester United, but maybe I've come around. Maybe I won't be angry about Manchester United until I read breaking news. Any Ole outers, let me give you some bad news. Mike Phelan, Carrick, and Kieran something-something, other, the other guy who looks nice in a tracksuit, hanging around Solskjaer, all three have been given new contracts. Now conveniently, Carrick and the Kieran guy Get given new contracts on the day. They say they're spending more time with Scott McTominay trying to convert him into a defensive midfielder. So that's, if that's not a negotiating tactic, go, hey, guy, I got my work cut out for me. You know, so all three are getting new contracts. So if you think Ole's going anywhere, his men aren't. He's not going anywhere. Right. Got a, <laughs> I gotta tell you guys something here, right? I'm a bit of an old dude. There's messages up on the screen. You think I can read that? I can't, I can't see what's going on. <laughs> Uh, oh, yes, but it looks like it's a compliment to me. Paul is out there doing it. I think that's a compliment. Uh, thank you very much <laughs> for that message <laughs> that I can't read because I'm an old blind man. Uh, so, Ole out says you're not getting anything. And also, confirmed today, Ranieri confirmed as the coach of Watford. Guys, James, I didn't watch all of the show yesterday. Did you guys, obviously, the previous coach of uh, Watford, Cisco, did you guys make any obvious jokes about him? uh no so you guys may be a bit younger this may be going to more of our older audience who are fans of 90s r&b um cisco dumped like a truck did we use that one nope and cisco is gone 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 Nope. no we didn't use those so uh consider them here first i probably saw them somewhere else probably used them um as cheap little tactics but ranieri back at watford how many premier league winning coaches are there now in the premier league that makes Ooh. it ranieri guardiola Klopp. yeah
1: Can't forget Klopp. Is that all? It's only three? I think... uh, No, Brendan Rodgers didn't win anything. No.
2: Yeah, I think that's it, eh? That's outrageous. That's outrageous. Three Premier League winning managers. For the
1: best league in the world, and there's only three Premier League winning managers. Only three and one
2: in the relegation zone. That Watford model is phenomenal, if you don't know. (laughs) Watford's owned by a family who also owns clubs, uh, Udinese in Italy, and I think Granada in Spain, if I'm not mistaken. And they use the three clubs as a farm between each other to scout players, move them, move them across, get work permits. And it always depends. Watford is their cash cow. So the business model is to get relegated, get them back up, farm a few players around, sell them, go back down again, um, and start the whole cycle again. It seems to work for them. Not many people like it, but there's a blue club in London that seem to do quite well with changing managers every few seasons. I think Watford have got it right. Uh, I think they seem to have uh, cottoned onto it. They've changed manager at least once a season since 2012. One season, I think the last season, though, in the Premier League, they changed manager three times. Uh, One of them being Marco Silva, who had his head turned very quickly. So, something weird happened in European football this weekend that all reports I've seen says it's never happened. I can't believe that. But that the leaders, or that not at least the leaders, Ajax, PSG and Bayern Munich, all lost for the first time on the same weekend. Throw in that, that Benfica did it, Benfica lost We have a weird little anomaly happening in Europe. We got a... uh, Yes, that's it right there from Andy Mitton saying, I'll do the earlier tweet again. Drumroll. League leaders, Real Madrid, PSG, Benfica, Bayern Munich, Ajax, West Brom, Sunderland, and Dagenham and Redbridge all lost this weekend, which is mental. Everton didn't win. Were they leading the league? Not quite sure. But also, we had in England, we had the, the two big teams playing out a draw. So that's an outrageous stat. Now, a lot of those are in what you'd call Farmers' Leagues. They shouldn't be losing those matches. They never lose matches. What is going on? Is it coincidence that these teams lose the week after Champions League? Okay, let's take out the Sunderland, West Brom, and Dagenham. Obviously, that's a jest. But is there coincidence that all these teams lose after the Champions League week before everyone goes off into uh, internationals? Is there some sort of rotation going around That threw everyone off or was it just a weird statistical quirk? I think more it lends that there's way too much football going on. As big as your squads are, there's way too much juggling. I think it should be a new feature that we love in the show. I'm going to hop you out to the League 1 table. League 1, as they say in French. Let's all laugh at PSG. Let's take a moment. James, can we get you in the shot there? I want you to see you laughing at, at PSG. Look at him. Look at him. Gurning there, loving it. James is loving laughing at PSG. If you're listening on the podcast, just know that James is laughing. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube in his Liverpool shirt. So PSG, this weekend, not only did they lose, right? They played with Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, Di Maria with no shot on target. Not one shot on target. This is a team was supposed to win the league (laughs) by November, they told me. What are we doing here? Mbappe four shots four of target. Messi four shots three of target two blocked one woodwork. Who cares? It's a miss. What's happening here, guys? You're losing to Ren, right? Who? I can't even name the current best player because the current best player left. What are they even playing against there? This is an outrageous turn of events here. If you watch PSG, right, this is the most disjointed team. You got four up front, plus you're chucking in there Hakimi and Nuno Mendes, who are outstanding fullbacks but off fullbacks as starting positions, because they sure as hell don't play as fullbacks, you got six guys pushing forward and everyone else trying to stop the rot. I don't know about you, but I picked up a trend here. Listen, let me tell you what I hope happens here, right? This carries on for the rest of the season. Mbappe destabilizes the club. Messi throws a tantrum. End of the season, Pochettino gets fired. Guess what job's waiting for him at the end? Manchester United, you heard it here first. <laughs> let this all end in tears. Um, and once again, another one knocked out. To the kids, 14-year-olds playing FIFA. That predicted this was the end of football. As we know, football is not that easy, guys. You can't just take the best players, put them on a field, and hope for the best. It takes some coaching. Poor Pochettino. He had two guys there before. He didn't listen to him. Nice throwing Messi. Where does the power base in the club sit? Not with him. I can tell you that for damn sure. Listen, don't worry, PSG fans. You're still top of the league. What's your points? Six points ahead. I think they're kind of going to be okay, but it is fun to laugh at them when they lose. But this is what PSG are going to be about. The big matches are going to win. The headliners. They're going to beat Manchester City. Messi's going to score goals. The rest of the time, no one's going to show up, adding credence to this thing, what they call the French League, the Farmers League. I don't like that. I don't like this statement because where do the bottom 14 in the Premier League go when they need new players? the French League right because the guys are clever they're physical they're tactical they are Premier League ready and the only Premier League ready because they play in a super believe it or not a super competitive league before PSG France had the most one time champions they had the longest run of one team not defending a title now that points to teams getting plucked as soon as they do well they get ripped apart we saw it with Monaco was the last big one that win the title and get taken away we saw it again last season Lille and uh, you know and except for the injury to Renato Sanchez, they would have also been stripped apart. So that's what happens in France. PSG will win the title. They'll take it. But is that really what defines success at PSG? Poch, come home. We're waiting for you at the straight fit end, baby. We want you. Come on. Let's pop over. Where do we go next, James? Should Do you want to hear what's happening in Holland?
1: Yes, 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 yes. Because I feel like Holland is an exciting league that doesn't get enough publicity. I'm with you. You know what? Like, I think there's some snobbery around all the, most of the leagues I'm going to talk
2: about. I will get to Italy and Spain later and say what you want about those leagues. But these are all development leagues. You know, There's not been a great uh, turnaround of uh, Dutch players going to the Premier League and having success, but it is a good league for players. And the Premier League wants to buy success. Premier League don't want to coach. They're, they just don't have the capacity to coach. The pressure is too high to coach, right? So what are they doing? They're going to leagues where players are already made Portugal, France, Holland. That's where they're going to find them. That's when they're going to put a midfielder and They go, you know what? I don't have time to coach you. Our schedule's too tough. But you sort the guys out around you. And that's where they go. Because they know that for the money they're going to spend, they're going to get a very good quality of player. So in the Dutch League defending champions, Ajax also been unbeaten the whole season. Lose at home as well to FC Utrecht. FC Utrecht, third in the table. uh, Got one of the nicest kits and one of the nicest badges I think is in world football. Ajax, interesting side. Again, this season they weren't plucked too much because of the COVID pandemic. Obviously, they had that team that reached the Champions League semi-finals torn to pieces. But here they are, and not only losing to Utrecht, losing to Utrecht at home. But again, they apparently dominated the game. They were all over FC Utrecht. And walked away with the loss. I've got to tell you, Ajax are looking scary as hell in the Champions League. Don't be surprised with Sebastian Haller, West Ham reject. Uh, Currently, I think he's currently top scorer in the Champions League. Don't be surprised if they have another good run. A lot of nice, very technical players, as Ajax always do. They tore Sporting Lisbon to pieces. Watch out for Ajax. They're going to do some interesting things in the Champions League, I think. Again, another blip, but we love it. It's interesting. One of the smaller leagues that doesn't get enough time. League close to my heart. I want to talk to you quickly about Portugal, the Portuguese league. Now, if you watched last week, you would have seen Barcelona lose 3-0, 3-0 to Benfica. I've got this weird thing with Portuguese football, right? And a lot of Portuguese fans are, are like this. As much as we have our teams that we favor and that we support and that we love, strangely enough, when Portuguese teams are playing in Europe, we actually support their team. We want them to do okay. I don't think we ever want them to win. I don't want Benfica to win anything. Right? But I do want to see them doing well, especially when they're bloodying the nose of Barcelona. It makes me feel good. Other Portuguese fans may disagree. George Jesus, let me tell you about this guy. Look at him. That's a fantastic... That's real hair. Right? That's not a wig. That is phenomenally gray, mulleted. He looks like a very old Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi. That's what George Jesus looks like. Now, George Jesus was a, a bit of like a, a post-Morinho in the Portuguese League. He came in with Benfica, dominated for a few seasons, left Benfica to go to Sporting, blew the whole thing up, and ran away to South America, where guess what? He wins a Copa Libertadores. Becomes hot property, comes back to Portugal to take over Benfica. There are some clubs that only certain people can run and Benfica is one of those. And George Jesus is one of those men. Behind the scenes, Benfica's a goddamn mess. The president's in jail. Hoy Costa's running the club. Everyone's turning against him, favorite son. But they get great results, like beating Barcelona 3-0. No. Now, George Jesus, this is what the guy has to say. Trolls Benfica. I don't have to t- teach my players as much for this next match. Because Porto let me tell you Porto Monens, are Norwich by the sea. Okay, Tiny team, not really good. But I don't have to coach them because they have players with the offensive quality of Barcelona, but I'm also not sure that I'm also sure they'll defend a lot better than Barcelona. I didn't do that justice. Basically saying I don't have to teach my players they may not be as good going forward as Barcelona, but they sure as hell can defend better. Guess what happens? They defend so well they beat Benfica. You gotta love it. He tries to troll two teams at the same time and ends up losing his unbeaten run in Portugal. Benfica got a lot of interesting players this season. Benfica got a lot of interesting players this season. Darwin Nunes, remember that name, Uruguayan striker, the new Cavani. A lot of people are saying that he's the next thing. A lot of clubs after him doing quite well in the Champions League. And that's Benfica, top of the Portuguese League, by one point, Porto Sporting with a point behind them. you got to love it. Looks like it's going the distance in the Portuguese League season. But Benfica just look like they're going to be the team to beat. Now, before we go into the next leagues, I do believe mkt has been found thank god it's starting to get a bit
0: worried. <laughs> yeah uh, i mean i'm having all the problems in the world here um i don't want to blame uh being in george for it but uh what's happening Paula? you look unbelievable you're doing a sensational job i've been watching in the background um i i actually bought a mic because i'm a professional and then like two minutes before the show everything fell off a cliff and now this is the worst show ever and i'm the worst human being ever um but, but but i mean we can move on from my disaster is whoever that guy was before george huiz jesus whatever incredible hair who is that guy is that a wig is it a hairpiece? antonio conte in 30 years time looking at himself
2: no that's phenomenal that's all real hair that's all real hair it's the biggest mystery in portuguese wow. football it's 100 percent natural his father's got the same it's amazing it's sort of like wow kevin keegan on steroids hair. that's what you got to give it so Yes. MKT, tell us, George, what's happening there? What, what are you doing there? Why? Why does this happen um,
0: to you? L- listen, so I'm here. I'm I'm going to be working uh, the Otter Trail Run. But if you have a look at the um, – I, I said Coimbra earlier and you corrected me very, very quickly because South African Portuguese people, obviously the most Portuguese people in the world, they will correct you and be way more Portuguese than actual Portuguese people. Um, you, You've actually let me know that it's up north and the correct pronunciation I'll let you say just now, but – this shop is incredible, by the way. George, there's about two streets in this town, but this shop is probably one of the best cycling shops I've ever been in in, in the whole country. Is It's small. There's no space to muck about. It is all premium stuff, and it is incredible. There's a guy called Vikas uh, Boshoff who runs this shop. Incredible team here, by the way. Just flipping awesome. So I'm in George. I'm on my way to Titica. I'm at the Otter Trail and uh, tomorrow. We start things off. But I'm feeling incredible, and uh, even though our mic doesn't work, You're doing an incredible job, Paolo. It is awesome to be with you guys. What's it like without me? Um, Less
2: abusive. I've got to be honest. It's a very safe space here. Um, (laughs) James is feeling way too comfortable. Um, It must feel like what North Korea would feel like the day they liberated. Um, James, that was James cackling. You see, that was James cackling there. So just know where that comes from.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. No pressure. He's loving it. I mean, James, what are we doing? Did you have like a muffin for breakfast? Uh, you, you've probably given up on yourself already. Now that I'm out of the, I'm out of there. Well, what's going on there, pal?
1: <laughs> you know what's really weird is it? I actually don't like it when you're not here. I feel like there's less structure. It's weird. I don't like it. Please come back.
0: Oh. Now it is a little bit abusive because um, obviously now people are going to say you've got the codependency and now all you know is abuse instead of a normal uh, functional relationship where you can express yourself. But Jimbo, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you get things done. Uh, and I'm back, guys. I'm back. Paolo, let's get back to the football because I think we were on a roll there. Every single team that's been good and basically, uh, speaking of North Korea, I mean, basically it's been Kim Jong-un and Kim Jong-il in in Holland, Spain, Portugal. And uh, all of those teams have gone and lost this weekend. Absolutely incredible. And Rui Costa running a a, um, – let's go back to Portugal quickly. Rui Costa trying to run essentially what is a a bunch of bandits there at Benfica and actually doing a half-decent job and beating Barcelona, who we now know are a pyramid scheme, actually, after the last two or three years, is one of the the most remarkable stories ever. I mean, how, how about that? I don't know if you guys spoke about it already. How about Benfica upsetting Barcelona? Is that not the most ridiculous thing in the world?
2: But also the most natural thing. And I think when you put, you look at the team. And like, which de Jong is playing with Barcelona? Frankie? No, Frankie's. <laughs> no, there's two de Jongs. Luke de Jong, Sim de Young. There's no, a Sim no, de, de Jong.
0: Frankie, right? He's the good there's one. There's four de Jongs. Yeah. Yes. There's CM de Jong, Luke de Jong. They're the brothers. Um, I believe uh, CM de Jong. Or, no, it was CM de Jong. He, remember, his lung collapse when he was at, um, at, at Newcastle. And he's only got one lung.
2: He's the brother of the current Newcastle, uh, Barcelona striker,
0: right? Well, wait, yes, yeah, because they, uh, they went and stole him from Sevilla, hey? So, yes, that's the one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the sort of yeah, player. So CM De Jong is the collapsed lung, yeah. Right, so that's
2: the sort of player. We, I hope we got the right De Jong or the wrong De Jong. We don't know which De Jong we got. But that's the Come kind in. of player that Benfica used to sign now Benfica got like seven or eight players that Barcelona would love, they've got no money for. Right, let's go back to George Jesus and watch MKT was referencing there about Roy Costa, is that the president got caught up in tax evasion scandals, match fixing, and they bring in Roy Costa to run the club. He's president. Now nothing turns a club legend into a villain quicker than running the club. Because before Roy Costa, he was the glad, glad hander, right? So when a new player was negotiating, when they needed some commercial deals, guess who shows up? Let the agents talk. Mm. Come with me. I'm Hoy Kosta. We'll go to my yacht. Let's go on my yacht. We'll have mm, dinner. Mm, mm, That's mm. how you get the players. Mm. That's how you wooed a young Angel Di Maria, right? But mm. now Khoi Costa is mm. running the club. Nuno Gomes has got Khoi Kosta's job. He's the glad hander. Now, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be glad handed by Khoi Costa, but I'd love to be many handed <laughs> by Nuno Gomes.
0: Let's... Right. No, I, no, no. And, and we need to talk about that. Paolo Well said uh, Nuno Gomez, some of the better hair, uh, possibly the most overrated striker ever. Don't know why Totten spent all of that money on him. Um, I mean, he came and he looks like uh, basically, if Jesus did come back, it would, be, it would be, I believe, in that form because he's already done blonde hair, blue eyes. You'd probably want to come back as soft skin. And I think um, the B Tech Nuno Gomes, in terms of looks, is um, young Zhao Felix. He's kind of trying, but he, he doesn't have the smooth, like, dove skin that uh, Nuno Gomes had. So I would like to be glad uh, handed by him. But, so, Paulo, the taxing at, at Benfica, let's quickly talk about that. I mean, are they sorting that out, or are they just taking the Latin approach where taxes is a suggestion and not really a rule? B. B. Definitely B. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? When when the president of the country supports your club, you know, you're going to be okay. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tied up in, in, in paperwork. Um, and, of course, you're right about Joao Felix. Joao Felix still, you know, got a little bit of adolescent acne. You know, he'll outgrow that. Nunagom's yeah. never. Never had a skin mm. blemish in his life.
0: Mm.
2: And, unfortunately, was signed by Fiorentina to replace Batigal. I mean, nobody's winning that. <laughs> nobody's winning that mm. fight if you think... Ole had a terrible uh, uh, act to follow in Solskjaer and uh, Ferguson. Trust me, no one had a worse act to follow at Fiorentina. I mean, F- Beti goal is a religion at Fiorentina. And that's what this guy uh, had to go do. Uh,
0: how long was it with him and uh, you call him Khoi Kostya. How long was it where they were doing the thing? Remember when, when uh, Beti goal hit the ball literally through Roy Carroll's hand, um, the, that famous goal in the Champions League? Um, how long did they have that run there? Because that the Laviola um, fans took both of those guys into their hearts after that run there.
2: They probably had a good four or five years together where they were the most telepathic understanding. York and Cole comes close, but I've not seen many double up front 9 and 10 working so beautifully together uh, that I did see with Hoikosta and Batistuta. That was football poetry. And the fact that it was in that beautiful kit, they were wearing the Nintendo feeler kit, you know, it was in Florence. Yes. I mean, do me a favor. That was football pornography, if, I, if I'm going to put it that way. <laughs> I used to watch that yeah, so, on the, uh, the, the Serie A goal show. I was 14 years old. I had to watch it late at night under my covers because my parents would going to be like, what
0: are you watching? This is pure filth. You can't be watching this. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Um, Paolo, before we move on from this, though, is uh, you were talking about how when Portuguese um, teams play in the Champions League, everyone kind of uh, gets behind their team. What has been the feedback to uh, Benfica? I mean, obviously Barcelona essentially for a decade were just stealing anybody with any sort of half potential uh, from Portugal. Do people resent that or is the selling model in Portugal, does that mean everybody loves Barcelona and we're not happy that Benfica are, are doing the thing?
2: So the way the Portuguese clubs are structured is that uh, the big clubs tend to fund the little clubs. So the money tends to run down. So they will either co-own players, they will scout players and then farm them out to their feeder clubs. They will spend a lot of money on a team or they will buy your big player and give you eight youth team players. So everybody sort of just understands that's the model. Um, Nobody besides the top three are really rich. Braga have come in and out and tried to challenge that. But everyone almost understands that they suckle at the teats of the big three and they're quite okay with that. Yeah. Um, and I think after Barcelona, Benfica is actually the football club in the world with the most paying supporters um, who belong to the actual fan club, if you'd say, called socios. We don't really have that, that concept in the yeah. English style of football, but socios where people pay an annual fee to the club, and after Barcelona, Benfica have the biggest worldwide. They're the biggest club in Portugal. They never play an away game. The only time they play an away game is when they go to yeah. Porto and Sporting. They always play home games because they're just so well supported. But the structure is, everyone's, everyone's okay with that. They're okay, give us some players, part buy a player, they'll buy a player and then loan him out and give you 50% when they sell him. But obviously you can see where ambiguities come, because there's so many loose ends. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I mean, I I do need to know, um, and I think we've touched on it before, but at any stage, are any of the Latin countries thinking of going professional? Because, uh, you know, Real Madrid and Barcelona are the only clubs that we thought were professional. I mean, Real Madrid, we know, are funded by the crown, and Barcelona now, as I said, they're a pyramid scheme. So do do we see that changing in the next 10 years just because of how much money is in football? Or or are we just going to carry on letting, uh, like, bakers and… Sort of accountants own a share in in Benfica, which I find absolutely mm. ridiculous because we got to change the model so that the talent can come through or not.
2: You know, I I, I want to get into uh, Benfica and uh, or I want to get into Serie A and La Liga and Bayern Munich a little bit after All the right, break. Let's that. Before we get into that, uh, we got okay. a tweet here, James has chucked up uh, David Santos. You can say UEFA not allowing for third party ownership hurt the Portuguese clubs more. They are no longer able to recruit top South American talent on a budget. Those players are now moving to bigger uh, clubs with a stop in Portugal. So what used to happen is, yes, 100%. James Rodriguez, Falcao, Di Maria, the Portuguese clubs were going, picking up those guys very early. Um, Even earlier on, they were doing with a lot of Brazilians because of the, the, the shared nationality. So players from South America could come play in Portugal without any sort of accreditation or much protection. The Portuguese clubs would, as a consortium with other businessmen, Buy into a play and invest him. And then, of course, when they sold on, they tried to figure mm-hmm. out the deal. Um, it did hurt Portuguese clubs because, at once, you know, there was a stage in the mid 2000s where the Portuguese clubs had great players. If if you look at uh, a lot of the players, David Luiz at that time, uh, Di Maria at that time, they were all, like I said, Falcao, James Rodriguez, they were all coming through Portugal on this very construct. And once that was made illegal, the Portuguese clubs didn't know what to do. So they reinvented their models mainly around youth. And that's sort of at the same time where Sporting Lisbon fell off because Benfica, with a much broader network and much more popular, and Porto, with that sort of dominance of the north, were able to attract a lot of youth players. And what was once sporting sort of like stronghold in youth development has now gone to the others. You just have to Mm. look at the players that came through Benfica's academy. Ruben Dias, Joao Cancelo, Bernard Silva, that's just naming three. Nelson Semedo, Raul Jimenez, Mm. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and those guys hardly played for Menfica. Mm. So they completely changed their model around. Um But yes, will we'll, uh, Latin clubs become professional? They'll become their version of professional. You know, it'll be professional adjacent. I think what they've all been so clever to well, do.
0: Yeah.
2: I think what they've all been so clever to do is. Follow. What they've all been so clever to do is that they stay football clubs and they stay sports bodies. They don't go clouded with having a, with being a PLC or whatever. Yes, they've got the PLC side of it, but the football side is run as a non-taxable a, um, or a tax haven or a tax-free supporters, social members club like Randburg Football Club, except you're Benfica. So <laughs> I think a lot of them work yeah. on that model.
0: Um, well, before we go to the break, I mean, it is interesting to hear how many correlations there are there between the Catholic Church and um, Latin football clubs. Uh, they invest a lot in youth, and it sounds like they're getting a tax break. So a shout-out to both those organizations, almost bulletproof as a business model.
2: Hashtag uh, Father Fidgen. Those are not my words. Um, those are on Bolellos and I will be at church on Sunday, dropping 50 rand into the little basket. Wow. Well, Tell me there, that, I'm just that bike shop you're in there. I mean, when you had that that wide shot there, that was fantastic. How many bikes in there are the price of small family vehicles?
0: Oh, no. Um, Well, look, you you know, I'm basically sitting inside the the GDP of Africa uh, at the moment. So it's about, I'm actually scared to move too fast. I might knock something over and have to eat beans and toast for the rest of my life. So it is an honor to be in here, but... You are quite right. I mean, we're looking at probably the value of um, James's mom's entire work career that she sends him to St. Stidians with, uh, which is here. So yeah, we could probably feed all of the children in Africa, but we don't care about that. We're going to ride up mountains and we're going to drink flat whites. That's what's happening.
2: <laughs> that's a true that's story but I love about it I love about it a guy goes to Cycle lab, gets his bike financed through West Bank gets it insured by Mawe and then just goes and throws it down a mountain yeah. into a bunch of rocks I love mountain bikers they're the best people around way better than road cyclists uh, we're going to go into a break don't <clears> at <throat> me on that last comment <laughs> we'll be talking about Spain Italy Germany dominance I am not MKT do not adjust your YouTube Be back after this
0: CliffCentral.com
2: I woke up this morning feeling a little hoarse. It's this weather, dry weather in the city I'm living in. That horse there's name is Senzo. Senzo's not with us today, he's with us in spirit. Senzo said, relax, I'll take care of your tax. And off he went to write a tax exam. Gotta tell you, I went to a Bollywood music festival a few years ago. Phenomenal! Some massive Bollywood artist was out here performing all the Bollywood songs. It was a Gallagher estate uh, in Johannesburg. We've got this massive function venue, function arena. Oh, I'm getting ghosts. MKT, the ghost of MKT is in in my ear. We have this massive function venue called Gallagher Estate. Thousands upon thousands of people there. Bollywood started performing. We weren't clapping enough to his liking. And he said, please guys, you got to applaud me. There's no tax on claps. And since that day, I live by that. So hopefully, don't save your claps for me. Just give me the claps. I won't tax you. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, when he joined United, he goes, I feel bad about parking in the manager's spot. It doesn't feel right being in Ferguson's office i got no such problems. No such problems. I crossed, parked parallel across MKT's parking spot, knocked the sign out the door. You see that MKT sign sometimes we see when it zooms in? Tomorrow I'm bringing masking tape. That's it. That MKT, the PTP show tomorrow. That's me. I'm not pulling Solskjaer here. I'm not humble. I'm ready to take over because I felt for too long that this little bobblehead here on my table, this Gareth Cliff bobblehead that you may see, that was not enough token white guys for me. So I chuck myself into the mix. This is the MKT Show. I am Paulo. I hope you enjoyed that first hour. MKT is somewhere down in George. A place called George. Or with a man called George. Uh, doing Running with some otters. Sitting in a bike shop with uh, bikes. That will put many a family through school. Uh, we'll check in with him later on. This is the MKT Show. James, I... Sent you yesterday, do you have that uh, tweet that I sent you of Nagelsmann? Are you able to pull it up and chuck it on the screen? Because you want to go to Germany next. Another team, we're talking about the anomaly that happened this weekend. That PSG, Bayern Munich, Ajax, plus Benfica, plus the leading teams in England, did not win. Lots of teams losing their unbeaten runs this weekend. Anomaly hasn't happened before. And you want to go to Bayern Munich because Bayern Munich is another team. Super team, Uber team that lost their unbeaten run, this this picture, if you're watching on YouTube, if you are watching on the podcast, what I want you to do is check it out. Look for Nagelsmann, Julian Nagelsmann, skateboarding into training. Now, we understand Nagelsmann is a young coach, and this is how he arrives to training, to Bayern Munich training, on his skateboard. Now, we know, the rumors go, that Nagelsmann had Bayern Munich bed sheets. Up until his 20s, when he was a professional player. Already, before injury got him, he had Bayern Munich bedsheets. When the links about Bayern Munich popped up, he bought a house in Bavaria and started wearing red on the touchline. This is when he was coaching Hoffenheim, a team that was blue, before he went to Red Bull. James, come in here. What's your thoughts here? Would you like to see your coach? You, you're, you have an affinity to eccentric German coaches. We know Nagelsmann likes his suit. What do you think of your coach arriving to training on a not just a skateboard? It's not a longboard. What is that skateboard? What do you call that?
1: I, I, I think it's. I, am I? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those electric boards where you push a button and then it moves by itself. Um, I think it's vibes, dude. I think. <laughs> I think it's
2: really, really cool. You're all vibes. Listen, I'm into it. I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to be Graham Sooners about it. I think. It, I think it's very cool. I think it's very charismatic. You, you got to win at least the Bundesliga if you're doing that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't be skateboarding in <laughs> and at least getting Champions League final if you're skateboarding. I didn't, I didn't skateboarding actually know around.
1: how young he was. He looks very,
2: very young. <laughs> very young. Hey, James, while we're talking about German coaches, I want to get your input. Give me your thoughts on that insane advertisement for Premier League football called Liverpool versus Manchester City. Wow, wow, wee, wow.
1: You almost, were beside yourself on the, on the on the WhatsApp group. You went I, silent. I, I it, it it, was a lot to take. Um, many goals every couple of seconds. Salah's goal just blew me away completely. Um, the way he dismantled Manchester City in a couple of moves was just insane. I still believe we, we deserve to win. But honestly, one of the best Liverpool games I've watched in a while. You know that Salah goal. When it, I
2: first saw it, and you saw this response, everyone going ballistic. I was like, I don't. What? the angle? The angle we had on TV. It didn't look. The finish was great, but you, until you went close and started seeing the other angles of what he is doing, I mean, and Manchester City don't kind of
1: like kind of have good defenders. And he was just pulling the ball out of their tackles. It was mad stuff. The the way he he did the little step over against Bernardo Silva was just. It was just like a little flick that he did and he was away. <laughs> Best player in the world right now? Ooh, I, I think he is in incredible form but it's still early days. It's been like nine games, you know? You've
2: got to say about Liverpool and I think we've said it before that I was wrong about Salah. I called him a one-season wonder. I was right, except he, you know, four seasons in a row he has a one-season wonder. Started his career very late uh, we started and started scoring goals, lots of goals, very late. Uh, James, you still have the opinion that Liverpool can either win either the league or the Champions League, not both. In their sleep. In their sleep. Which one do you want? Premier League. You want Premier For League? Sure. For sure. I mean, a tough one. Listen, it's going to take a lot to beat. Let's put it this way: the team that win- that finishes above Liverpool wins the league. I think it's as simple as that. So you um, say Liverpool's second, huh? No, well, I mean, you know, if you if you if you want to fin- win the league, you got to finish above Liverpool. That's hard for me as a United supporter to say. Probably the last dance of this Liverpool team, but good for them. So let's go to Germany. Obviously, we're talking about. Obviously, we're talking about teams that uh, have lost their unbeaten run. We'll finish that up. We'll finish that up. We're going to pick up with Bayern Munich, and La Liga, and Serie A, right after the break.
0: com.
2: The cat is away, the damn mice behind you, they will play. This is what happens, MKT They'll get you. shenanigans in there. I knew I was yeah. on a hiding to nothing when. Ryan wasn't wearing pants. This is what happens when you're not here to tighten the ship.
0: Oh, uh, no, that's going to happen. And and what Ryan isn't shy to do, because I know what he, he'd rather not wear pants and definitely still wear his swag Nikes. I mean, he's got about 45 pairs of them. A uh, guy walks to work. He'd rather spend money on his shoes. Um so, yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, but, but maybe, it, 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 does he have like the Richard Spohr situation where he's he's working with some Code 14 sort of um, heavy machinery downstairs and he's just uh, waving it around everywhere to, 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 to like dominate the area?
2: I don't know if this answers your question, but while that man was nicknamed the Spear, the guys are calling Ryan the Toothpick. So I don't know if that. Uh, wow. I don't know if that answers your question.
0: Hey, stern but fair. Stern but fair. because no, I'm not saying. That's not what no, I'm yeah, saying. No, that's
2: the, yeah, it's in the control room. That's what the control room's saying. No,
0: <laughs> yeah. Shout out to you being a, a reporter, and you, you're just passing it on. Shout out to the toothpick, uh, uh, Ryan Tinline. Um, yeah, hey, Ryan, it's going to happen. I mean, some people code ten, some people code fourteen. Richard Spohr, uh, a master of um, of it all, of course. I
1: don't, I don't know of anyone calling me the toothpick. I feel like it's maybe something behind my back that I'm only… No, no, no. no, no I, I've
0: heard it as well, Ryan. I've heard it as well. People are definitely calling you that. Uh, they're doing it what they call behind your back. So as soon as you… yeah, so it, It's definitely happening. Yeah, it, you, it does need your permission. So what you could do is um, call those… Uh, you know those signs that are often on electricity boxes where you can actually just go um, for enlargement or whatever and it's a special doctor and you just call his cell phone number and then you can get that in, yeah, injected into you. Plus, you are from the West Rand of Johannesburg where the devil operates. So, you, you, you know, so you could probably just mix um, some voodoo doctor and the devil and you, you could go from toothpick, uh, I don't know, maybe to gherkin.
1: I'll, I'll definitely contact a Sangoma this afternoon. Uh, in the West Rand, they're on every corner. So, I'll just, I'll find another.
0: Okay, no, cool. Shout out to you, bouncing back, wearing Kobe's with no pants. That's awesome. Thanks for bringing that diversity to the show, and nice and edgy. <laughs> and, and and
2: and at the same time, you can find a lost lover now with your more erect, powerful, domineering manhood. Uh, MKT, tell me something. Listen, I said before, you didn't answer. I don't know if you heard the question. Rumor has it yep. that there are only two career choices down in places like George, surfing and Satanism. Which one seems to
0: dominate? Yeah, uh- and now, I mean, having been down here, a lot of the people do look very cool. And the, and the hair here seems to be a lot blonder than in Johannesburg. So I would guess I'm guessing from what I've seen. And uh, keep in mind, I was at a coffee shop where I had terrible coffee this morning. But um, having been in here, uh, it's, it seems like surfing is dominating at the moment. But much like Devil's Dorp, and obviously when your, um, your uh, well, I think it was your sister who nearly got caught up by the devil, is that. I'm going to step outside just now, obviously, try and find the one words in George, um, and, and probably the de- devil will reveal himself there. So I'd probably say for now, surfing's winning because I- I'm biased to the evidence. But listen, uh, you always got to keep an eye on the devil. You know, like we, we didn't keep an eye from, on, on Ryan, and we thought, oh, he knows that wearing pants is standard, and then boom, you, you, you know, just uh, wiling out uh, with, with his meat swinging. So um, <laughs> I'll keep an eye out for the devil, and I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Ryan keeps his meat swinging. I opened up the show, obviously giving a, com- a complaint. Uh, my dissertation oh. about football is giving their dissertations after each loss. Uh, and uh, judging by the oh. YouTube comments, you guys were happy about that. And more of it, MKT. I don't know if you picked that up. But uh, this thing about footballers, Mbappe, the latest feeling, the need to explain themselves. I can understand when you're explaining yourself around a transfer. But when you're explaining with 3,000 yeah. word Plato type essay about missing a penalty. Who the hell are you doing it for?
0: It, it, it makes no sense. It, you, you know what the players don't get is that we expect you uh, to do your job, and when you don't, we know you're still millionaires. So, do, do, like, who are you doing it for? Is it for your wife? Is it for your girlfriend? Is it for the PR? Who are the people that should be telling the players stop this? Your actual main job is to deliver on the pitch seventy percent of the time. Like. Football fans are actually really smart about their teams. Is we know you can't be perfect. You, you know, not everybody's Ronaldo, not everybody's Messi. Stop with that. It's 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 such nonsense. You're clearly being advised badly by your PR team. It's absolute rubbish. By the way, a new bike just came in here. You can't really see it it's off screen. Vickers is standing right by that bike. It it looks like it's worth. It's a it's a Volcan, I believe. It is an incredible looking bike, black and white. Uh, probably worth the GDP of South Africa—an incredible-looking thing. If if I was a bike, I would marry that volcan right there. Um, but yeah, I absolutely do hate that. Paolo, can can we? You, you know what it is? Is it the Latin guys or is it the English guys? Because I don't know where it's come from as well. It, it's very much Spanish, right? For players when they leave to write letters to the club. It never used to be a thing in the Premier League and now guys are doing it. So, um, Paolo, I do need to be biased and say maybe we need to tell the Portuguese and Spanish guys to um, just like their uh, lack of taxpaying habits, maybe you leave that in Spain, Paolo, leave that in Portugal. I'm also going to
2: blame the English national team players. It seems to be a trend. You know who I noticed in England started was Joe Hart. The whole concept of manning up. Joe Hart and John Terry about manning up. No one wants to see you man up. No. Just stop doing it. Mm-mm. Don't do it
0: again. Or yeah. show us that you're yes. trying not
2: to do it. That's all I need. I don't need manning up.
0: You, you know what it's like? It's it's the people that put philanthropist on their Instagram and uh, social media handles. It's like, if you're a nice person, just be a nice person. Like, like you, you don't need to... You, that's not a job title. Being a nice person is not a job title. If, you, if you're if you helping people... I've never, ever seen um, uh, Raymond Ackerman say he's a philanthropist. And we know the work he does. Like... That's not on his job title, CEO of Pick and Pay. That's what he is. If you're a nice person, be a nice person. I'm so sick and tired of people. You know what it is, Pala? In this day and age, and I think footballers obviously are the most protected human beings along with actors and actresses, right? In this day and age, people are so caught up in looking nice that they forget to actually be nice. So, so it, it's more important to them to like, I look nice. And they always record themselves like giving the poor people on the corner a hundred bucks. It's like, no, 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 just be nice. So, and I think footballers are just, I, I, I can't stand it. Let's, you know, as a, a kick it out needs to stop worrying about racism. Let's kick out that nonsense and we'll come back to racism. Actually, let's kick out the nonsense of, of millionaires looking for more empathy and a softer life. Let's do that. And also, can I just say on, on Nagelsmann before you, you comment there, Paolo, um, I'm all good with him, whatever, being a 15-year-old uh, wunderkind, prodigious talent, whatever. Right And coaching, um, obviously, RB Leipzig when he was uh, also learning his times table. But uh, I don't mind him coming in on the skateboard thing. If he falls off, though, I don't want to see him crying like that annoying 13-year-old Japanese uh, lady in the Olympics. I don't want to see anybody crying with the Nagelsmann as long as he doesn't do that because they're basically the same age.
2: It's an inherent risk of skateboarding no matter what level you're on. Stay on the board. If you fall off, you're not skateboarding properly. It's that simple. It's that black and white about skateboarding. Your only job is stay on the board. It's it's not that complicated. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, but the mind boggles because you know you know this trend that it's setting. I mean, what's going to happen? Salchik coming in on electric scooters. Pep Guardiola roller rollerblading. It's going to be a goddamn mess. Mm. Klopp tobogganing. Yeah. There he is again. There he is again. Yeah. If you missed it before, Nagelsmann. Who I still didn't see. He went to Oktoberfest. Obviously wore Lederhosen. Yeah. But I did not see Lager- Nadels- <laughs> I cannot even say it. Nagelsmann, Lederhosen, yeah. trending. And that disappoints me more
0: than you'll ever know. Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, prob- he, you know what? He probably didn't get in. He still looks about um, like he's got a maths exam in the morning. Doesn't he look young? He, he still looks like a child. How old is he? I think he's 34, 35. That's he's two years what he's younger than Ronaldo that's absolutely incredible and he, he's what's he top five coaches in the world so just skateboarding as well I mean as Bayern Munich are we happy about that Paulo because I mean a Japanese girl who, who's been training her whole life cried about it we don't need him falling off because that's what ended his career right the injuries
2: this is what's happening here with Nagelsmann this is what this is his career trajectory right we've spoken before hinted at it that Bayern Munich is probably the next club set for a dynasty. And when you call dynasty, this is not like one team winning Champions League three or four years in a row. This is about a team over 10 years, a club over 10 years dominating a competition with a multitude of teams. And Bayern Munich seem to be setting that up with Nagelsmann at the core. What I see Nagelsmann is having this 10-year dynasty and then retiring and pulling a Jurgen Klinsmann, going off to live in California, <laughs> riding around in an RV, exploring Route 66, ending up coaching the USA national team, okay, and then eventually bouncing around MLS clubs until he's 60 years old, but still with long blonde hair. This is Nagelsmann's future. You heard it here first.
0: That, that, that's a great call. Jurgen Klinsmann has made so much money. Remember, he, Wasn't he like the US soccer coach for like a decade?
2: He's also a consultant to Bochum, uh, Bochum in Germany. He's a not a board director, yeah. not a coach. He's a football consultant to a
0: football club. It seems like something you wouldn't need. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. That doesn't... It, 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 he's he's one at life that that guy yeah, he he's really one at life but yeah nagelman get off the skateboard pal you, you you listen if he thinks oliver Kahn won't fire him like yesterday because he's skateboarding he is so wrong i don't know if you saw did you see the manifesto from Bayern Munich that mm-hmm. they just released i don't know why clubs also need to release their manifestos publicly just run it just do it that's just what a club should do yeah
2: that's just what a football club yeah. should do um so yeah on on football consultants i mean you often see a football consultant like on a, a tv show Like, they'll bring in somebody to make sure that the football's right. Or a football consultant in a magazine or or a website or something. A football consultant at a football club seems like the weirdest. It seems like a nice job. It seems like a very, very nice job
1: if you
0: can get it. Like, if you really look into it, uh, probably not. uh, What's it? Klinsmann's grandfather probably started Bochum or whatever. Like, I don't know that to be true, but. There is no need to have a consultant in football where you've got, like you say, a board of directors. You you already have people with MBAs to run your club. What are we doing here? It's, we're taking the mickey.
2: Another German person running a football club, Chelsea. Uh, what do you think is happening at your club? Are They're they just looking lethal. It's just looking very potent for Chelsea, sitting on top of the Premier League, scoring goals without Lukaku needing to score. Timo Werner, the the goal-adjacent striker. What's happening there? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think, uh, Howard Webb's obviously back in the big house because every single VR, VAR decision has been against Timo Werner for the last year. We know that, that there's clearly a conspiracy there. And I don't think it's conspiracy. I think it's true. But uh, what I like about, uh, Tuchel's situation, I said Chelsea aren't ready to win the Premier League because I still think we, we, like, I don't like Lukaku because he lacks that thing. They, uh, like, that last, he's not a killer. He's not, he's not a killer for, for all his goals. I think he's bullied everybody and he, he'll get goals. Some people do get goals, but aren't killers is that, um, what I like about Chelsea is it's actually really the first season where Tuchel's got all of his guys, and they're still not firing properly. And I think he'd probably, if he had his um, kind of choice, he'd probably want someone more athletic in that Jorginho role, which is why I think you see Saul coming in there, because he'd probably want to play Kovacic in that defensive role. And then, and then he can play that dynamic press that he had at, um, at PSG when they were really humming before, obviously, Neymar decided, no, thank you, I don't want to come to work on time. But, um, I'm excited about Chelsea next year, if I'm completely honest. If, if Tuchel uh, survives the Abramovich axe for not winning the treble this year is I'm excited next year because then a big part of Chelsea is Christian Pulisic actually. And you're seeing it in the, in the last few games where Chelsea lack a cutting edge is Pulisic's X factor. As much as I like Ziyech and Havertz, is they're very much the same guy. They, they want to create the play and they just. Like Pulisic has that Liverpool selfishness, right? You've got to have that Liverpool selfishness. And Pulisic is that American guy who's like, he, he, he's Captain America and he's playing, he's leaning into that. And I love that about him. And Chelsea don't really have an X factor guy, if you know what I mean. And without Pulisic, I think we're being exposed, but it's incredible where we are. Is the, the, this is the efficiency of champions because once Chelsea start humming and he comes back, because what's he got, like a triple pneumonia, COVID, and an injury right now? Yeah. It's,
2: it's, it's insane. The guy's got to be the unluckiest guy in the world. He seems like the lead character. No, the secondary character in a rom-com. You know, in a rom-com, you always got like the main guy who's the star, but he's got a best friend who's luckless, normally played by like a greasy yep. Welsh actor that no one knows. That seems yes. like Christian Pulisic, just so, so befallen by um, bad luck. James and the guys, I think you guys had something of Timo Werner. We're going to carry on speaking a little bit. If you still have that, maybe you want to pop it up. Mason Mounts makes yeah. a complete difference in the Chelsea team, though.
0: <laughs> I, you know what? I said last year, jokingly, last season, he's the new uh, Frank Lampard. But it, naturally speaking, he's actually a better player than Frank Lampard because Frank Lampard didn't give you that natural passing ability that, that uh, Mason Mount has got and Mason Mount oh, will cool. go box be to cool. box like Lampard did at the end is N- Mason Mount is a complete package and also happy to play on the half turn. It's one thing Frank Lampard could not do because Lampard didn't have that natural burst. is Mason Mount's happy to play on the half turn. Give me the ball and, and I'm progressing it early. Lampard would like to give it to me. We'll get it out wide. And obviously he, he, uh, maybe the best of the past generation, maybe the best Europe has ever seen at arriving late in the box. I don't think, um, You you know, you just look at Lampard's numbers to to be to have the fourth most goals in the Premier League overall. That was his gift. But Lampard couldn't play on the half turn. It just wasn't his game. And Mason Mount has that and a better passing range as far as I'm concerned. At 21, it is insane what this kid and and, and now you've seen he's our other X factor. And without him, Chelsea, wow, uh, Blunt, Blunt, no good. Uh, James Blunt, by the way, great singer.
2: And I think, listen, I think there's something scary you mentioned about Lukaku. I think there's something very scary about Lukaku is Tuchel is not using him properly. He's using him as the old-school Lukaku battering ram and not the Lukaku that he developed Mm. to in Serie A where everything needs to go through him, where currently things are going to him. Um, And I think once they get that right and realize what a foil he can be for those little number 10s buzzing around him, you're a big Chelsea fan, right? And I know you're very knowledgeable, right? You know what's happening at Chelsea. You're a super knowledgeable football guy. I do i got to be honest. I got. I know something. I know this for sure. You had forgotten that Loftus-Cheek and Ross Barkley were still Chelsea players.
0: <laughs> Ross Barkley, by the way, greatest Nigerian player of this generation, obviously. I mean, that pass is all-time worldly, Aspilicueta with the first-time volley. Ruben Loftus-Cheek is one of the most annoying players in the world. You, you, you know what he is. He is like Jesse Lingard, but younger. It's like, we can all see the talent, Is he younger than Lingard? But some guys don't. He might be the same age. He's been around forever. Remember mm-hmm. he had the Achilles. No, 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 he, he is younger. I think He's, 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 he's mid twenties. Um, but, but his problem is he, he, he's too casual and he's not good enough to be that casual. Like uh, if, if you're going to be that casual, you've got to be Juan Román Riquelme, right? And especially now with the way the English game is going is Ruben's too casual. He, he's too casual in, in, about it all. And he, He's almost playing for the camera, and at Chelsea, British football doesn't work. If he moves to Spain, it might work with that kind of, I want to take that extra touch, and I want to have that uh, thing that you're going to put on, uh, you, you know, you're going to put on La Pausa, as they call it in in um, in Spain. He's not cut out for the sharp end where results matter at, at Chelsea like that cut and thrust, it's not going to work because he, he loves to stand on the ball. And I, I like Ruben his cheek, but he's not he's not cut out for a top four team in England just because he's not cut and thrust. I mean, even the great David Silva had to change, right? At Man City, where he, he couldn't put his foot on the ball anymore like he did for Spain and Valencia for all those years. Is, the ball's got to move through you, Ruben, and then you can produce an X-factor moment. But my God, w- uh, what a performance, hey? What a performance by both of those guys. And Ross Barkley maybe should have chosen Nigeria over England.
2: <laughs> Pack the sunscreen, Ross Barkley, because you he, <laughs> he, he, he lost a little butter on that side. But, uh, um, but where does Ross, I mean, uh, Ruben Loftus' cheek then fit? Because he goes off to a club like Fulham where you go, okay, well, maybe there's less yeah. pressure, everything goes through you, and it never really does it. And I think it's like points to a wider problem in English football, a nice problem to have that you've got these amazingly trained academy footballers. But are they adaptable? They're very neat and tidy and look great. But uh, are they actually, are you actually producing top class professionals?
0: Well said. And, and you, you know, your football club produced probably the last guy who was the hybrid between the streets and academies. And you, you, that, that is the one criticism, I think, of European football is that it now is becoming robotic. You know, uh, everyone is just like like you said, essentially what it's in, what's interesting. And you said this before about your guy, Ole and Man United, obviously still operating like a 3310 or a, or a BBM. It's stop making the manager so important, as you've said. Actually, as the players are more academy and they've done their 10,000 hours by the age of sort of 15, 16, really what you want now is a motivator and a man-manager rather than an old-school uh, Arrigo, sacchi Fergie type of manager. That is actually now we've seen with the types of those types of guys, which is where Jürgen probably wins. Uh, Pep Guardiola is the perfect hybrid, but the last proper hybrid footballer was Wayne Rooney. Um, a mix between the streets and an academy is the dog from the streets and, and that thing from the academy. Obviously, you don't want to go full. Um, you, you don't want to go full. Sort of, I'm going to eat another human being. And Luis Suarez, who would have been a nice thing if you could just stop eating people or, or trying to at least uh, take a chunk um, and being a, a cannibal. But Wayne Rennie's is the last guy, Paolo. That's such a great point that you've just made. He's the last guy who you could go. All right, he's got just enough of that street thing to try something that isn't out of the textbook. Um, but still uh, obviously brilliant enough and, and the effort levels are there enough and, and organized and structured enough and technically clean enough uh, to be that, and that. That's a great thing. And Ruben Loftus-Cheek doesn't have that second gear. He just doesn't. Like you said, he went to Fulham and it was beyond underwhelming. And, and, and Scott Parker actually built the team around him for his styles, lots of powerful runners and people to babysit him. And he still couldn't adapt. So I'm, I'm totally with you there. Uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek needs to go to Italy, Spain or Germany where it, it, it's not all uh, cut and thrust. And, and that type of player can flourish.
2: Well, you know he's going to Watford on loan in January. You heard it, Jeff. First, is the laziest move that uh, you're going to come okay. across this season. <laughs> That's exactly the type of move yeah, you make next. I, I... And tread water.
0: And by then, Michael Carrick will be the Watford manager, right? Because uh, what, what Ranieri is there now, the Tinkerman's there. They'll probably fire him for not uh, what for not bringing the right type of coffee to practice. Because that Pozzi family, or what is it? Is it Pozzo or Pozzi or whatever? They will fire you if you if you're not wearing the right Italian loafers. That's their business
2: model. <laughs> it's worked. Stay one season up, one season down, get the money, start again. I'm going to use oh, James. Actually, yeah. popped it up on the screen about Team Werner. 16 goals disallowed because of VAR. Um, does that point to VAR, mm. VAR problem or a of Werner problem? I think somewhere in between.
0: I would say Howard Webb's back. So shout out to Howard Webb for having a, a job for life. When Chelsea are starting to do too well and it looked like, oh, this guy's going to start scoring goals and Chelsea are good defensively. Howard Webb steps in. Obviously, Fergie's come back. We've seen after um, surviving a heart attack. I, don't, I, I think uh, Fergie is actually um, the, the, what's it, the Highlander, the original Highlander. He's going to live forever, outliving a heart attack. That is awesome from the old man. But Fergie's obviously back now. Howard we're back in the mix is we will not allow Chelsea again to do what they did in the noughties. Uh, n- no chance. So it's not a Werner thing. I mean, uh, th- that beautiful uh, German hair, uh, it, it's fine. Werner's fine. And, and you, you know what I'm excited about? Is that if you can get Werner going with Lukaku, and, and like you said, everything goes through Lukaku, Right. Uh, instead of trying to uh, use him as the battering ram, And Timo Werner starts to get get there. And then Pulisic comes back. Boy, oh boy. boy. So, so definitely not a Werner thing. It's it's the Premier League. It's a conspiracy theory. They hate Chelsea and they don't like Russian people. I mean, Roman's not even allowed to come back.
2: The, we await the best little and large combination since John Hartson and Eil Berkovic and Lukaku and Timo <laughs> Werner. You spoke about my man Luis Suarez there. Let's jump over to Spain. We're recapping what's happening around Europe. Nice little point to break. International break. We'll be covering up some international football in the rest of the week. For those of you that do care, there is the Europa Nations League final, uh, semi-finals and finals coming up this week. Let's go off. Look at it. Look at him Bolelo's not into it. Let's go off into Spain. Luis Suarez, Barcelona, the Highlander. There can be only one. The most inevitable mm-hmm. outcome that I think has been scripted in the history of football. Let me remind you of... <laughs> there he is there, on the screen. Luis Suarez making a phone call. Luis Suarez is the type of man who, at United, I hated him. When he was at Liverpool, I hated him as a United fan. I've come to love him because he's the dog bastard that would all be if we could play a professional footballer. He takes SHIT Housery to a completely new level. This is a man who bit another player three times. On one of those occasions, bit another player and then held his own teeth... As if this player's bones had the audacity to hurt him. So of course, Atletico Madrid play Barcelona. Luis Suarez scores and mimics himself, goes all Drake, gonna make that phone call. Atletico Griezmann not quite getting the patent on that celebration. Uh, and uh, obviously, people put it together of going Ronald Koeman phoned Luis Suarez at the beginning of last season, and says quick phone call, you're out, we don't want you. Cheers, you can go wherever you want. Go to Atletico Madrid, wins the league game back. The only team Suarez never scored against is Barcelona. Guess what? Scores against them. Does the phone call, the phone call celebration. People say, was it an aim dig at Kuman? No, it wasn't. It was just telling my friends this is legit what Luis Suarez said. My friends who don't have my telephone number telling them they can still reach me on my own phone number. Surely, the WhatsApp and Facebook and Instagram weren't down on Saturday already. He could have done it in a lot of different ways. Luis Suarez is a bastard and I'm here all day for it.
0: I mean, who isn't? Are you kidding me? This guy is just uh, flipping awesome. You know, what? there's a lot of people that uh, wake up into a Ponzi scheme far too late. As he got out, actually, um, not, not out of choice, but he got out just in time. And now he's probably calling uh, two people. Uh, the, 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 those calls are going to two people. Obviously, he's a human meat supplier because he just can't get enough of it. As you said, he's bitten three people. And I, I do remember when he bit Ivanovic. was absolutely ridiculous. And I do remember him holding his teeth. He, this guy is incredible. But on a very serious note is that I, I do love that, that, that nastiness to go, Barcelona, you let go of me. And that's kind of driven him. That's driven him. I mean, you look how he's playing again and he's actually shed a little bit of weight. Uh, he's hungry to show them that you made a mistake. And very few people, when they've been to the top, are able to reinvent themselves while they're still at the top. And this is what kills most people. It's what makes Ronaldo and Messi great. Is that Luis Suarez said, no, 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 no. You don't let go of me. Uh, and, and essentially, in every divorce, I don't care what people say, there's a winner and a loser. And Barcelona now look hilarious. And this guy trolling them is, is incredible. The, the other person he's phoning is his agent to go, thank God. Remember that bonus you wanted? And if your mom wants a house on the Rivera, wherever she wants it, sign me up because... Those other guys can't even afford a loaf of bread. Forget my salary. So good for him, dude. I'm, I'm so happy for this guy. And like you say, we all need – winners have one thing in them, a bit of bastard, and this guy is it whether you like him or you hate him. Yeah. And by the way, you don't have to support uh, Cannibals to support Luis Suarez. The two are not – or can be mutually exclusive.
2: Listen, I think if we live in a world where we've got to accept everything and we've got to go to vegan restaurants, uh, let's support Cannibals. Let's put it out there. You know, hands up. Hands up who wouldn't try a vegan restaurant. Like – just a toe, just a toe. James, would you yeah, yeah. would you have a toe? Uh, like
1: like a like a human toe?
2: Like if it's got James a nice is... sauce on it, deep fried. Yeah, obviously. obviously yeah. I know you're training now. Yeah, you're athlete. Boat.
1: Yeah, no, I can't. That that sounds a little bit too fatty. But you know, if I wasn't training, um,
0: probably no, because feet freak me out. I hate feet. Good no, point, I'll No, no, but feet. hold on. I, uh, having said that, um, but James hasn't considered this. Uh, as Paula added at the end, there now the toe, uh, and it can be whatever toe you like. I don't know what you're into, James, in, in your in your private life. Obviously, yes, you don't want to get it too 90%. much into that. But well, it's deep fried, and then also you can um, maybe it's a nice mushroom sauce. You haven't thought about it like that. Is you sprinkle a nice little mushroom sauce. I, I, I had a, um, I had a Dijon steak on Friday or, or Saturday, which will absolutely to die for. So what you do with the Dijon, it's obviously the mustard, James. Um, you uncultured West uh, Red people wouldn't know this, but Dijon mustard, absolutely world-class stuff. You throw that in there, the toe's been deep fried. What about that? Maybe we sprinkle, sprinkle a little parsley, and that toe's uh, tasting unbelievable, pal. We've obviously removed the nail.
1: Uh, anyone that knows me knows that feet and toes make me so uncomfortable, dude. I hate them so much. Really? I hate them. What's the story? They just... Look like knickknacks. <laughs> I'm with James. I'm with James. Uh,
2: f- feet, exposed feet, feet outside of like a beach or a pool environment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not into it. I, they I, they, they, look they, like they knick-knacks weird me out. You don't know what they're going to do. You don't know what's underneath. You can't see the bottoms. Uh, um, I'm just not into toes. Listen, I don't. I listen, I'm not supporting cannibalism, but I'm just saying
0: yes. European
2: or Uruguayan steak. Is very underrated compared to yes. Argentinian steak. There is a good line in it. Prepared well. You're going to eat a toe. Let's just, let's just be honest. Luis Suarez definitely will. At Barcelona, uh, I saw a guy that I might have forgotten. James, you love this guy. I got told that this guy was the best thing ever. This guy's transfer broke football. Don't tell me Neymar broke football when he moved for all that money because Neymar is worth it. But when I'm watching. Philippe Coutinho move for world record fees, you know the whole thing's broken because it just blew, what's money? What's money anymore? The guy disappears, goes to Barcelona, Mm. takes all the steroids, grows five or six shirt sizes, goes back to Barcelona. Obviously, they can't feed him the Nandrolone in his uh, protein shake. Um, But if you're looking for a savior, Philippe Coutinho, is this not your time to step up for the football club and be the player that you should be?
0: First and foremost, if he does want to be that, Jimbo, just, just want to say before you go, and um, if he does want to be that guy, he must uh, do what James needs is get a haircut. What is that disgusting haircut that Philippe Coutinho has? He, he frightened on Drake me. Video,
2: he, he frightened me. He looked like like Bolsonaro has kept him locked in a chamber underneath the Brazilian presidential palace because he looks like a rough sleeper. <laughs> Shout out to rough sleepers, some of them stylish. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, Jimbo, what you got to say about your former hero who left you um like like uh, like a husband who's got a gambling problem and just left you behind, yeah? Um
1: I so so the thing with Philippe Coutinho, right, is I I thought he was a good player, but I didn't think he was he was world class or worth the price tag that was that was attached to him, right? And I honestly thought Liverpool were going to struggle without him, but don't remember us struggling that much. I honestly don't. And I... No,
0: you... Hey? no, you got better. You got better. So yeah, Jürgen exactly. got rid of him and, and won a little thing called the league and the Champions League. But, James, nice. uh, then I need to ask you is, do you need to, in the spirit of obviously you're becoming an athlete now and you're going to be all about self-responsibility, true. Is true. Uh, Liverpool obviously broke world football. But also in that, and Paolo put it beautifully, is, you guys actually funded the Ponzi scheme that is Barcelona. We now know that uh, Liverpool funded uh, the, the downfall of La Liga. Just how do you feel about supporting a club that started the downfall of uh, arguably the greatest um, sports sports club uh, that the world's ever known in Barcelona?
1: I feel rocks. Um, they still owe us money for <laughs> the Felipe Coutinho transfer. So I feel rocks, bro. <laughs> Spoken
2: like every Bitcoin. Ponzi scheme investor I've ever spoken to. (laughs) They still owe us money. Barcelona, make a payment plan. Go get an RCS loan, whatever Mm. it is, we want our money back.
0: Yeah, that's it. Oh, James,
2: uh, Kukla coming in hard. Kukla, one of the people that enjoyed uh, the diatribe against football. Apologies. James is so vanilla. He wouldn't even have chicken feet. MKT and I were actually speaking about Portuguese people and black people. We leave no part of the chicken behind. It all goes in. It all gets made into a meal. James, are you eating chicken feet?
1: Um, I never have, but I'm actually, honestly, I'm down to it For real, real. Is What's it- the name? Runners? Is, is it's called <laughs> Runners. What is it called? Yeah, I
2: think
0: so. Yeah, uh, runners, if you yeah runners obviously if you guys if you lack melanin like you guys and you're a (laughs) what but um if you are a sepiri we call them menatana that's menatana james i wouldn't try that otherwise uh, as you're developing to an athlete you might pull a hamstring trying to to say menatana
1: so so wait is, is this not the vibe while i'm on this health trend or no what's the what's the no
0: nothing wrong with that i just wouldn't try saying "menatana" if i were you because i've heard you say english words before when it's been it's been murder for you so i wouldn't <laughs> want the sort of uh brain yeah you know, brain slash hamstring injury as you as you prepare to be an athlete
2: so we're gonna go into a break now I'm gonna finish up around the european leagues no big shocks in Italy, what am I talking about? Juventus lost again, sitting eighth in the league. Maybe Ronaldo wasn't the problem. Uh, he's now United's probably going to do the same thing. Uh, you need to know about Italy because AC Milan are probably one of the most exciting teams in Europe at the moment, beating Atalanta three-two. And do one thing, do one favor, just do this for your life, right? Napoli is the hippest team in the world right now, playing at the Diego Maradona Stadium, wearing Emporio Armani kits. Do me a favor. They're from the slums. Napoli is not a nice place. But they're wearing Armani. Probably knockoffs. we got some social media coming up after the break. Support our sponsors. Oh wait. There aren't any. This is the MKT Show. I'm not MKT.
0: Clifcentral.com
2: this is the MKT show. I'm not MKT. Uh, unfortunately, it takes uh, every night, I promise, after sleep going. What do I need? What do I need to be MKT? Now, I don't know if you look like a footballer. You know which footballer I get a lot? Or well, I used to get a lot 10, 10 years mm. and 10, 10 kilograms ago. Matthew Booth. Now that I say it, you can never unsee it. right? Now, I got a lot of oh nods around gosh. the studio. I've probably got a lot. of I feel YouTube oh shaking. I feel YouTube shaking, especially if there's a camera over here. If you get my side profile, I'm full on Matthew Booth, right? Let me tell you the story. Oh there you go. Oh my God! Side by side. There it is. That's the footballer lookalike I get. To the point. To the point oh. that I used to work for a radio station. The first person that actually brought it up, let me tell you, was my wife's late father. Look for Matthew Booth. 2000 Olympics when he had the long hair. I had the same hair. We both were losing it. We, we yeah. didn't deny it. He's the first person that said, you know, <laughs> you look a lot like Matthew Booth. And it's one of those that you go, my friends must never know this because it's banter. You can't give your friends free banter. And it's like, i got no problem looking like Matthew Booth, but I don't want my friends to know it. Ten years later, 2010 World Jeez. Cup, the radio station I worked at, he comes into studio. People arrange a meet and greet. It's sort of like kind of older brother meets his kind of younger, super shorter brother. Got a photo with me and Matthew Booth. We even held a lookalike contest to win tickets to World Cup Games. Mm. Do you look like a footballer? I won. I won those tickets because I look like Matthew Booth. Now that you've seen it,
0: you can't oh unsee it. Oh my gosh. Oh Isn't my just... gosh. MKT is shook. Palo, MKT is shook. Oh my you are Matthew Booth. This In what fact, I'm telling you. if you and Matthew Booth if you guys both committed a crime, right, and we had to line you up, and let's just say it's sort of I, I was Mussolini. I'm not saying fascism is a terrible thing. I'm not saying we, we must be fascists. But if I was going to execute you, it was an execution squad, and somebody said, hey, one of these two committed the crime, I wouldn't know who to shoot now that I've seen it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, number one, let's uh, you, you better thank goodness that I'm not Mussolini and I'm not a fascist, but I wouldn't know who to shoot. You're him. Oh, he, Paolo. you look more like Matthew Booth than he does. That's possibly true, My only
2: defense in your hypothetical is is it height based? Is the crime at a height
0: that I could not have reached no no, I, I couldn't see it because I was down at the dock, and there was, uh, the, line was the the light was shining on you, and uh, I, I, through the era of what we call the era of parallax. Obviously, your observation—if um, you're looking at a point, your observation uh, uh, point affects whether you can see the actual things like height and length and distance. So, no, I couldn't see it because I was down at the bottom by the dock. But I could definitely see um, a sort of as you as you would call it on top, um, sort of your, your your what would you call it, Paolo? Both of you are rocking sort of our a sunroof, a, a World Cup trophy. Room. Yes. Well, yes. A sunroof yes. or a World Cup trophy yeah. on top there, uh, the FIFA World Cup trophy. So I, all I could see was a blinding light going off someone's head. And, yeah, I, I mean, I could definitely see kind of silhouette as well uh, 10 years ago. So great beards and and nothing on top. But, yeah, it was just – I'm also – I'm just so scared. I was so shocked because of the cram. You guys were k- committing a cram. So, I don't know, like, height doesn't matter. Just shoot whoever. It was oh, that pa- guy. And it's yeah. you, Paolo, because you're Matthew Booth.
2: Our crime was very bad, eh? Crime is getting out of hand. And thank God you're not Mussolini in this scenario. However, I need your Mussolini-ness in uh, not allowing gremlins mm-hmm. into the studio. So, by yeah. all means, be fascist there. Why do I bring this up? We're going into social media now, and I asked the guys. I found something very interesting on social media. Could I be making money from doing appearances as Matthew Booth? James, can you pop it up on the screen? I want to show you something that's going to blow your mind. It's almost as if your director of football shopped on Wish, we have found the best footballer lookalikes. Now listen, we're going to check this up on socials because if you're listening on the podcast, you've got to see this. We found footballer lookalikes of Luis Suarez, Neymar, Sergio Ramos, Ronaldo, and Angel Di Maria, who I swear to God, that is Angel Di Maria. These have got to be some of the best footballer lookalikes that are on social media at this point in time. This is phenomenal. Sergio Ramos...
0: Oh like, looks
2: like he's in Afghanistan. This is amazing stuff. James, what do you have to say about
0: yeah, this? And, and I, yeah, Jimbo. And Jimbo, because you, you're all about the aesthetic there. Sergio Ramos looking like. I mean, having said that, the Taliban obviously dancing to Drake at the moment, and they were on those uh, paddle boats. So there's no reason Sergio Ramos wouldn't do that, right? Him and uh, Pilar Rubio. So, and do Jimbo, a documentary about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, James, you're, you're just your thoughts on, on Sergio Ramos there possibly being in the Taliban. It's awesome. Um,
1: <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. When I when I first looked at this this photo this morning, it took me a second to realize who that was. Um, <laughs> and you know what I think would make that particular Sergio Ramos in the Taliban a little bit more scary is if they even mm-hmm. had like his tattoos that Sergio has on his like shoulder neck area that would make him look terrifying
0: yeah and, and just to be clear uh, obviously not every Arabic person is in the Taliban that's not what I'm saying is that that is how some of the guys in the Taliban dress so I'm not saying that we just need to be very very clear like on that because it, that could it, have...
1: it, it sounds like that's what you are saying though.
0: no 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 it's, it's not what I'm saying Um and, and I mean I do need to just clear that up but now that I'm clearing it up it does sound like I'm saying that you know it's kind of like when people start with, uh, I'm not racist, but um, I have, so I've, I've done that thing. So shout out to me, possibly being more racist. But but now, are you, uh, I don't think Arabic people can get tattoos, James. So that's a little bit of you, of us piling on top of our ignorance about um, I
2: was, I was wondering the Arabic about world that. there. I was wondering about that. No, yeah.
1: I, I, I'm not saying why doesn't he have any tattoos. I'm just saying he would look more scary if he had.
0: And well, now you've done what I've done where you're explaining and going, I'm not saying where actually you are saying that he should get some tattoos beyond fleek like you and Ryan, obviously from the West Rand. Uh, basically, uh, for those who don't know, the West Rand of South Africa in Johannesburg is basically, I mean, it, it is a mess over there. That's where the devil was. If you remember Devil's Door, da- a show bigger than actually, uh, you, you know, the, the Bible, bigger than, um, it, it was actually bigger than Game of Thrones on TV. Everyone in the West Rand has a tattoo. And they are absolutely meaningless stands. You, you, you've got you, your one, obviously, um, is for your for your father, one of them. But the other one, I think, is just vibes, isn't it? Uh, where it's about chakras or whatever.
1: <laughs> how how could you assume that that I have a tattoo about chakras if we are both the same people that say such things about people with chakras all the time?
0: Yeah, but I mean, I know the one is a meaningful one. Um, I mean, tra- tragically, and I hope you don't mind me saying you did lose you did lose your father. I know the one is for him, so that, that one makes sense. But the other one, I think, is just vibes. And uh, Ryan is all over the place with his tattoos. In fact, Ryan got his tattoo to look like it's crashing into his watch, which he didn't know until I told him about two weeks ago. He was wearing his watch on the wrong hand, as most left-handed people are. Left-handed people are confused you should always be wearing your, your watch on your non-dominant hand because if you if you don't want to break your watch, you see Paolo's obviously a right-handed person with his watch on the left hand. Um, so it's actually, it's a rule. Um, I think the Swiss came up with it. I, I stand to be corrected. Uh, they've known for about 150 years. There's Ryan. It's, it, you see that tattoo is meant to look like it's crashing into his watch. So Paolo, just so you know, uh, people in the West are not only bringing the devil back to life, but also doing ridiculous things like getting a tattoo that looks like it's crashing into their watch on the wrong hand because he's left-handed.
2: And listen, also because of that black and white aesthetic, it does look like the tattoo of a toothpick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this has been that MKT show, I assure you. It has been, we're going to leave on that. Nothing like some workplace bullying to close off a fantastic two hours of football where we've laughed at PSG uh, and mostly laughed at James and Ryan. Listen, this uh, if you if you want to catch up with us again, it's Cliff Central Sports on YouTube. There is a podcast, one that you can put in your ears uh, when you're pretending to listen to your family, but you've got your earbuds in, at least one ear. You can carry on listening to this. Cliff C Sport on, Cl- on Twitter. Cliff Central Sports everywhere else. Hell, if you're nice enough and you ask nice enough, we'll actually come and play it for you on your front lawn if that's allowed. Maybe the socially distant show. Who knows? MKT, thanks for joining us from George uh, in that bicycle shop which is makes me very, very envious. Uh, I'm back tomorrow co-hosting the show. Maybe I shouldn't have said that or put people off.
0: Uh, are you back with us tomorrow? You better believe I am. Paulo, you've done... And I just want to say to all of the guys in the back is we've had our gremlins and whatever. What I love about working with this team is we are just on the fly and we make it happen. And Paulo, you've done an awesome job like I, I was never worried uh, about it and you've completely done it your own way and honestly I'm, I'm saying this to all of you guys back there thank you for holding it together and Paulo I'm so excited if this is day one tomorrow is going to be incredible so thank you Paulo you're doing an awesome job I'm, I'm really stoked guys and uh, tomorrow I'll be live from Titicama, which will be a whole different aesthetic.
2: Cue the commentator's curse as soon as you uh, praise a player he shanks it out for a corner. Uh, thank you for joining me. I'm bringing some tape tomorrow, taping over the MKT sign. This is the PTP show
1: signing off. See you tomorrow.
0: Cliffcentral.com. Hey, what's happening? It is your hostess of the mostest MKT here uh, from the infamous MKT show live on Cliff Central Sport on YouTube. Catch myself and many other passionate sports fans, enthusiasts, uh, maniacs live on YouTube every day from 12 till 2 p.m. Central African time and from 3 to 5 approve this message yes you can